Raganath. Bam, we're live. Raganath. Uh, oh, oh. Maybe I had it spelt wrong all along. Rag. Raganath. Oh, I'm not even saying it right. Ragunath. I only listened to it a hundred times before I came on yesterday. I still can't get it. Ragunath. You got it. Oh shit! You got the memo to wear these glasses. Awesome. <laughs> Spectre glasses are these problematic (laughs) no they're perfect they're almost identical to mine i feel like except your dots go uh horizontal mine are vertical what's up dude how are you guys oh so good great so good i woke up are are you in california ragunath i don't have any friends even with the name close to yours ragunath i have to practice ragunath how about ragu like the tomato sauce Ragu, ragu, ragu. Uh, are you in California? New York. Upstate okay. New York. I woke up this morning. I'm in uh, Santa Cruz, and I woke up, and it was sunny. And even though I'm, I got this crazy sore throat this morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, it's still a great day. <laughs> still a great day. Hey, thank you for coming on. This is really cool to meet you. Pleasure, man. Thank you. We, we won't we won't dilly dally we won't dilly dally i'm gonna paraphrase this thing that gandhi said i apologize uh you can't separate um church and state because when you walk around your life is your religion that is your religion you are your religion you are the living manifestation of your religion you are the expression of your religion and i heard you express it in a different way that i really loved don't give up what you're good at. Take what you're good at and spiritualize it. Mm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think as far as Vedic Dharma or Sanatan Dharma or what we know in the West as Hinduism, was, which is a misnomer. There's no such thing as Hinduism in all reality. It's a made up word by the Greeks or by the Persians. Someone made it up. You don't understand something, you give them some words, some pejorative. And after a while, because you're such a powerful country, the people that you're giving the word to just start identifying themselves with that word as well. So you can go to Columbia University and get a degree in PhD in Hinduism. But there's no word Hindu. It means people east of the Sindhu River. And it's it's all different people on a on a quest and a quest for spiritual life. And the spiritual life isn't separated from life. It's not like, I well, I have my church on Sunday for about an hour and 15 minutes, and then I go back to my material existence. Life is spiritual existence. And we can't con- disconnect the deity or the concept of God separate from nature. Not like Christ is the deity and everything else is some type of mundane backdrop. There's spirit in every plant. There's spirit in every animal. There's spirit in every tree. There's spirit in, uh, in the earth itself. And it's, a t- it's, it's, it's uh, trying to develop the vision that everything is actually spirit. Even my biggest enemy mm. is actually a spiritual being. Mm. We may see things completely different, but we have a lot in common. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish it's like the left, uh, the left and the right could see this as well. People generally, for the most part, have have a have good inside them, but there's just ways they think that the ultimate good will be um, served, 
And then we just start going at it and creating others and creating massive divides. But the idea that that, that spirit is everywhere and we are spirit is, is a nice set of lens. And therefore, in, in the Vedic culture, the Sanatana Dharma, the idea is that everybody's on a path. We see some Christian or we some see person worshiping uh, Allah or uh, Jewish. We say, oh, nice. They're on a spiritual path. It's not a win to convert somebody from one path to another path. We're on, mm. we're on a spiritual quest. A win for me as a teacher of, uh, of Vedic Dharma, of yoga philosophy is, hey, this person is uh, getting serious about their spiritual life in their tradition. Great. Good for them. Whatever c- brings you closer to that revelation that we're all connected beings um, instead of finding others or boogeymen to go after. We have our own boogeyman we have to deal with. And a, a big part of yoga culture is stop trying to change the world if you yourself are stuck in the mud, if you yourself are in the gutter. Start putting the microscope on ourselves. How can I uproot these things that all spiritual paths talk about? Uprooting greed, desire, envy, fi- fault finding, criticism of other people. How about shining the light on myself mm. and doing a lot of self-work? And I know that as a parent five kids if i want my kids to eat better to behave better um you know to treat uh, women or men uh, other people their friends better then i have to start being that example for them i don't have to preach to them to eat healthy i gotta just eat healthy it's that yeah. isn't it our teaching is living, huh? I, I put this is matt souza the executive producer by the way of the show and, and i'm sev Matosian, the guy who sits in a room in santa cruz Right. <laughs> Great to meet you. Coming in hot. Uh, it, it's a bit what you said about the left and right. Um, I've heard you talk about also before, and it, uh, I definitely noticed that growing up, uh, being raised in um, in uh, Nazi Berkeley, uh, there was a uh, our whole identity was based on the opposition. Sure. And, that, and, and now, as I as I wake up, it's important to, I, I don't do the same thing from the other side, right? I stood on one side sure. of the room and said, I am not that. And now I, I don't want to go to the other side of the room and point. I am not that. And, and know, build and build my whole, my whole identity on the opposition. You know, I think it's a lot. We'll have, Oh, you look good without glasses. I mean, you look good with glasses too, but man, you have nice eyes. Go on. It adds a whole you new look, level of personality with the glasses. Yeah. They, on and off. They're both good. Two IQ points higher. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I, I, for me, it works much better in life and in general. And perhaps just culture could adopt this to see what we have in common and what are our differences. Like, what do we have in common with these people? It's a, it's a bad way to go into any relationship is what are our differences? What do we have in common here? What do we want? How do we do we want to raise happy, healthy children? I got a feeling a lot of people do. I got a feeling every right down to the. The, the snakes and the hawks and the pigs and the, they want to protect our children mm-hmm. for the most part. Some gerbils will eat their babies, but on the side, <laughs> on the side note, we, we have a lot in common and I think the focus should be there. Yeah. The praying mantis eat each other. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in a pinch, you'll do anything. Did you ever read that? Did you ever read that book, Mouse? It's a graphic novel, comic book. It won no, the Pulitzer. I didn't, but I know, yeah, I, I, I didn't, but I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's a trip. There's some stuff in there that, like, I didn't even expect. But, but, but that component's in there. You know what I mean? It's People a drowning in a comic book. 
Uh, yeah, but it's a true story. Uh, well, it's supposed to be. It's it's about uh, it's uh, using mice and rats and pigs to tell the story of people escaping Nazi Germany during World War II. But you see that everything changes when you're if there's 50 people drowning in a pool. You kind of sure. people will step on top of people to get out. Really, I, I don't. Really yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, it's um fascinating when we're put in these very tough situations. I mean, sometimes it doesn't have to be Nazi Germany. Sometimes it has to be. Uh, you lost your job. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse, you're. Uh, you know, and we, you get canceled. You get canceled. I, I, you get uh, right. You get, I, I, you know, I, I'm recently going through a divorce. It's not official, and and, and I found it to be like super tough, um, super tough emotionally to deal with. I was married for 17 years, raised five mm. kids, and um, my teacher just gave me beautiful advice and said. Um, you know, you just got to cut it, cut it swiftly and don't act out of resentment, anger, spite, or revenge. And I was like, and I've kept it with me through the whole process. And it's had ups and it's had lots of downs or times where I feel like I have every right in the book right now to be resentful, angry, spiteful, etc. And with that advice, it kept sort of certain guardrails that it wouldn't cross. And then when I did cross them, I felt the the ding, sort of the scrape of the side of the car on the guardrail. And I thought, no, I can't keep it like that. And really, all these instructions, and, it, and this is back to spiritual things too, all these ideas, you know, they don't use this word sin so much in Vedic thought. Because the idea is it's not like some evil guy or some sadistic god is there to punish you for your <clears throat> for some crime. The idea is there, there are parameters or rules of the road that we follow for our benefit. Not, 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 not because the higher power is sadistic, the higher power is love. But, and so why are there rules within that? For our benefit. So we don't suffer. And that can be seen like if I, if I don't eat right, let's take it back to eating. If I don't eat right, there's rules about overeating. You can eat as much as you want, but there's rules if you don't eat. If you overeat, if you eat on top of undigested food, et cetera, then you're going to cause indigestion. The whole system is going to break down. It's going to have a ripple effect of uh, problems in your overall health, vitality, et cetera. So this concept of sin, we don't quite accept it so much. It's just like, it just means you're, you're harm, it's self-harm. It's not projected as some sadistic being who's there to punish you for um, inappropriate behavior, like some nasty school principal we're punishing ourselves. at 14 years old Raghunath was in I think New York City formerly known as Ray and he saw the band I forget their name but which you guys all know is the Beastie Boys he watched them perform he went home like any good 14 year old boy he said shit I think I can do that he called some friends up they got creative. They started banging on, banging on instruments, and it was the birth of a, a, a musician. God, youth is wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it it can be. Yeah. Can uh, yeah. Be. Right. 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 It can also be horrible, treacherous, fearful, anxiety-ridden. You know. Right. Depends what situation, but there is there was a nice it was a nice time uh, in my life where I felt like you know I'm just going to go for it. I can do this. And 
yeah. the people around him uh, in his uh, scene, there were um, a lot of, uh, you know, just just like I, I guess all the music scenes, there was a lot of alcohol, drugs, partying, and uh, he ended up. Would you say developing being the foundation of this sort of this hardcore scene, but what you guys called straight edge, where you guys were like, your music was hard, but your lifestyle was you, 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 very clean, very clean yeah, cut. Yeah, or, or, or your lifestyle had equanimity. Your, your lifestyle was to best channel this uh, this hardcore music. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were into our message of anger was sort of internal <laughs> towards our own self-discipline. You know, we were, we didn't drink, we didn't smoke, we were vegetarians and I didn't coin the phrase, but I was a, I was the, I was a big, uh, I wasn't, who was it? Adam Smith, but I might've been, um, who's the guy that started the Mormons? Not the, I wasn't the first uh, guy. John I, was, Smith? I was, John? I might've been the Brigham Young perhaps. Yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> I wasn't Maroney, the angel that appeared to them. You weren't Jesus. You were like Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, yeah, runaway scene was really uh, messing with, you know, you know, people died. uh, People were incredibly violent. It was underground. You know, is the early, early 80s. So there was just it was just like a it was a freak show. And I loved that freak show because I was one of the freaks. So. Back then, there was mainstream arena rock, you know, the cheap tricks of the world and the, you know, Rush and um, Jay Giles band. And then there was like a weird, you know, even even when hip hop was underground and punk was underground, even Madonna was hanging out in that scene. And um, we were just like sort of like you play in weird, crappy places. And then all of a sudden sort of took a little bit more root. Um, and it just be- then it became very normal and, and normalized. Um, but back then, to shave your head or to you know dress peculiar or dye your hair, you were considered a psychopath. Even to have a tattoo nowadays. You oh go yeah, yeah, tattoos were wild. Starbucks, the guy serving you the latte has a tattoo on his neck. Yeah, were <laughs> <laughs> illegal in yeah. New York City in the eighties. Yeah. You had to go into somebody's house and you know they have to tattoo you with a gun. This lady I know got a tattoo of a giant fly on her neck. A really wealthy, successful woman got into drugs and got a fly on her neck. There's yeah, no point to that and- story. I just think a fly <laughs> on your neck. I just thought it was a bad choice. I just wanted to mention. I just thought it was, I, I judge her. I judge her for it as a bad choice. Back then, uh, if you were to get anything even on your forearm, you were considered, okay, your career is over. You will have no career. Um, little did they know how the culture would shift. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, now you're the most punk rock, punk rock person out there. Yeah, do, do you know what thought precedes getting a tattoo? Um, it, it could be um, uh, I, my my daughter just saw my hand tattoo. I got the shelter chakra. It's a uh, the weapon of Lord Vishnu on my hand. It was our our band's logo. <clears throat> And my daughter and I posted a picture before my daughter saw it. And she goes, Dad, did you get a hand tattoo? I was like, I'm 56 years old. It doesn't matter anymore. I can do whatever I want. Seated my hand tattoo. Raghunath, if I I have a I have two five year old boys and a seven year old. Ah, I've always wanted twins. And if uh 
if, if they if they come home with some shit like a gauge in their ear, like a <laughs> tattoo or something, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight to the store. I'm gonna make them watch, and I'm gonna get a a, 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 a Prince Albert and make them watch it. I'll be like, oh, you are my you are my Van Gogh, you are my uh, Sistine Chapel. And you just put that hole in my Sistine Chat. Oh, cool. Will you love me? Well, let's see how you like it if I put a hole in my penis. <laughs> That's the current plan. I'd show him. Yeah. Show him. <laughs> put a hole in your ear. <laughs> Size of a fucking roll. Hey, I got times. an earring when I was uh, 16 in high school. And my father lost his mind. <laughs> His, I love your dad. Is your dad Jewish? Are you do you do you got Jew we're roots? Italian? We're Italian, oh. but dad was Italian. He's not alive any longer. But uh, he, uh, I sort of gave him a run for his money in the last years of his life. Sadly, um, guys, I, I'm we're gonna jump all over because that's what I do. Uh, there's a great story with his dad. His dad was in coma for three years, which is fan. And when we say great, we mean horrific. Uh, but but I want but but I want to go somewhere else before we. There's so many doors open. Um, are you training? Did you train at Tenth Planet in in Los Angeles? I was there when he opened it. Wow. Oh damn. Um, yeah, can we, you just tell me how you got into martial arts? That's how, how I know into- Joe Rogan because Joe and Eddie and and a handful of others we all trained with uh, Jean Jacques Machado, and I got my purple belt from Jean Jacques Machado. But a group of us we're really into not fighting with geese and it's before no gi fighting was popular at all. This was whatever 19, when was this? 2000, maybe 2001 or something. So we used to train at this, um, uh, what was this place in Hollywood called the bomb squad? It was, that's kick- not legal putting your belt around the dude's neck like that. <laughs> that's for fun. Wow. Yeah. yeah bomb yeah, squad. I yes. Quite am- amazed at how, Eddie made this thing take off. It's, it was quite impressive. But you know what? Some of the traditional jujitsu I, I started getting a little bored with. I started getting bored. With, I mean, I was a yoga teacher. I did an hour and a half, two hours of yoga every day. The warm-ups drove me crazy sometimes in these jujitsu classes. And, you know, it's not bad. It's good to warm up. But I was just like, can I just drill, please? Can I just drill? So I love the way how Eddie just started the class. You take a move and you drill it. I don't know if it's still like this because I haven't gone to one of those classes in a while. You take, uh, you know, you take three moves and you drill them all month long. That's how we did it back then. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like this way. And then you start to own these things. Otherwise, you learn a move, you learn three moves a day, and then you you forget them by the next day unless you work them. You know, it's just like with any technique that you do, even typing, you do the same thing every day and you get good at it. And I like that. I like this type of approach to learning. Um, so Eddie had like this whole parallel thing going on with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm glad it took off and he was a great teacher and we had similar bodies. We were both flexible and small. And so it was good for me to have to, when you have that disadvantage of being small, but you have an open mat and you have to fight against big guys, you can't rely on your weight. You can't rely, you have to rely on technique. So it was good. It forced me to expand myself, my, 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 my martial education. Why did, why did you do that? Why did you get into, how old were you? And why did you, why, why did you take step into a Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo? Um, you know, it was when UFC one and two first mm. came out. Yeah. And I saw them. I was like, I got to learn how to grapple. 
I was doing a little bit of kickboxing at the time. I was like, I have to learn how to grapple. Um, so you saw that skinny guy. You saw the same thing I did. UFC one, the guy got his tooth kicked out, the sumo wrestler. But we saw that skinny guy from Brazil win the whole thing. And we're like, what? Tracy won the whole yeah. thing. How would yeah. I be like that? I think that's what it was going through everybody's. And there was hardly any schools at that time. And so I, I unfortunately, I got into it. And um, one of the first guys, uh, yes, there they are early UFC. God, I remember I paid for that. I was in college. I'm 50, by the <laughs> way. You're, you're 55, 56? 56, yeah. 56, okay. So this was a, a great time to get into jiu-jitsu because there was no... I mean, all the Brazilians just came over. Even the first do, place I went to was uh, Henzo Gracie, and I started studying with him. And my first day there, Matt Sarah, who's another big UFC fighter, yep. just got his yep. purple belt mm-hmm. that day. Wow. You got, to, you got to meet all these great people back then and train with these you know, great guys. Um, uh, it was a great time to get into it. Now it's amazing how much it's not amazing. It's understandable how much it blew up. I know so many people who are uh, accomplished at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu now. And are you still a practitioner? You know, I just I just messaged my friend about pr- training tonight, but I can't say I'm like what I was when I used to. I when when I uh, I haven't done. I used to do it incredibly seriously. And then when I got married and had kids, it's completely put a, put a, this is my excuse, but I'm not blaming anything, anybody but myself, but, but I just couldn't adjust to raising kids and the wife and all that stuff. But now that uh, I'm divorced and I have that more time because the kids are with her and the kids are with me, and I'm thinking, here's my chance to get back into my passion. How old is your youngest child? a great passion thing where my youngest is eight. Okay. Uh, it, it was a passion thing that I purely did before I was married and uh, with something, not something where I'm teaching. It's something where I'm just sh- shut up and learning. Um, so yeah. Well, then I'm, now I'm really interested in, now I'm really interested in uh, sea lot and Filipino stuff. That's where my sort of brain is going towards. So but what's that sea lot? I'm going to look it up. C-L-O-T? S S I L A T. I don't think I've ever guessed how any word is spelled correctly in my entire life. I'm, I'm per, I have a perfect record. <laughs> uh, while Matt pulls this up, you talk about the six pillars of bhakti. Yeah. You know so much about me. <laughs> I stayed up last night studying. <laughs> You know, when someone says to me, I may only have a half hour, I think, I I leverage my ego and I say, I will will create a room of love that he cannot leave. (laughs) I will seduce seduce him. That's the opposite of ego. At the 30-minute mark. He will be. He will be. He will be begging me for more. Uh, <laughs> at, at, uh, six pillars of bhakti. Um, I, I will not criticize. Check. Mm. I am tolerant. Pfft. No problem. Let the cockroaches crawl over me. I. 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 I lean into. I lean into discomfort. Mm. I will take no offense. Uh, well, of course. Well, of course. I would be embarrassed. I, I would be in bed. My ego will not let me show being offended. I would leverage my ego and hide it, bury it, push it down. Even if I had to, I think people who are offended are weak. I do not wish to expose my weakness to the world. I wish to fight with it alone. 
I am quick to apologize. Uh-oh, I got a problem with this one. Okay. I got a real big problem with this one. Mm-hmm. Can we come back to it in one second? Sure. I learned these from you last night. I see the good in others, and I let them know it. Oh, man. Man, you have nice nice eyes, Raghunath. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> and, uh, and uh-oh, I ran out of room here on the page. Um, don't tell me. Uh, number six, I am grateful for my blessings, and I keep a tally. Holy crap. I look out the window, and I see the sun is there, and I'm thank you. Mm. I scream in my heart, thank you to the heavens for another beautiful day where the grass is green in my backyard. Simple, this, powerful stuff. Yes. This apology one really, really is something that uh, I'm struggling with these days because of this reason. And I'll use your friend Joe Rogan as the example. Sure. When he apologizes for using a word that offends other people, what he is doing is validating their weakness validating their right to be offended. There's a Taoist saying, argue your limitations and your yours. Sure. I think it is one of the most bizarre things that we keep enforced on planet earth, that Jews are born into the world and there's a word waiting for them, kike, that they are supposed to be offended by their entire life. And when we say sorry, We reinforce at the most fundamental levels of the human brain how it works and how words work that they are – we are insisting that they be offended. And I see us as plantation – not curators. um, uh, um, uh, I don't know what the other words are, but but enforcers of the implantation. You must be offended by those words. I insist, and I I get concerned that an apology – is at the root of that. Do, do, do sure. you feel me on that? When I see I, the, the I, when I watch I my own mind, I see how that may. Uh, oh, Sevon, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm um, short. Guys don't get pussy. When a girl tells me that, <laughs> all I hear is is that she meant it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm five five. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I struggle with that one. N- number three, Ragunath. Uh, number four. I'm sorry. I'm quick to apologize. Yeah, uh, you know, seven. Uh, I, I appreciate your point. Um, you. And I fully understand. I, I fully, I fully, uh, at least philosophically understand that nobody can hurt me. Like I, I can only hurt myself. I can choose to be hurt, etc. cetera. And uh, that's, I looked up the word, sorry, by the way, too, to make sure that I understood it right. And I, sure. and I think I do. Yeah. Um, quick to apologize. So I, I understand that I'm not going to take offense. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let people in, in, I'm gonna not gonna hold on to those resentments. Um, I won't uh, uh, t- take that offense. No one can hurt me. At the same time, I have to be sensitive because I tend to be obtuse. And that apology is to sort of clear me from my obtus- obtuseness or shorts. It doesn't mean I wallow in it and I live in it, but I'm gonna hurt people. Of course, they may not be at the place where they won't let people hurt them, but I have to be, I have to be sensitive. I have to be sensitive. I understand that also everybody's got their karma they got to deal with and they have to relinquish also and get to that point of a little bit of a thicker skin to even survive in this world. 
um, they have to they have to be sort of bulletproof in one sense. And I don't think we should pander to it. But for my benefit, I should be sensitive um, because everybody's actually got God in their hearts. And therefore, even a person like yourself, if I if I said something that could be construed as hurtful, even though you have personal um, governance for yourself and your emotions, because you are a child of God, God takes offense. Like God is sensitive. Just like, if, like for example, you can say whatever you want to me, but if you like rough up my kid, I'll lose my cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> because the, the thing is, I love that person. Mm-hmm. I love that child. And therefore, I become a mama bear, a papa bear, etc. In the same sense, you might be cool. You might be like, hey, you, you can't hurt me anyway. Call me whatever you want. Do whatever you want. You know, step on my foot. But because there is a source, a higher power that is all love and loves every living being. I have to be sensitive and just treat each other with dignity. Now, you might go out of your way. To, some people were looking to be offended. Ever meet people like that? You could say, <laughs> hey. I, I see him on TV all the time. <laughs> say, I, love, I, say, I love your shirt. And then you're like, well, what's the matter with the shirt I wore, wore yesterday? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean yeah. by that? <laughs> I, said, I said I love your shirt today. <laughs> so they're looking to be hurt. And I, I, I will say those people are going to have a lot of problems in their life. But that being said, I should be sensitive and just treat each other with a, an appropriate type of dignity and be sensitive because I tend to be a little obtuse, short-sighted, etc. But I do hear what you're saying. And yeah, I don't know if that was useful, but that was my answer. Peace and love. Peace and love. Um, are, are, you familiar, are you familiar with the artist Kendrick Lamar? I'm not. The rapper? Okay. I'm just going to tell you this in case it crosses your... your uh, plate because i think it will now that i mentioned it to you in the next uh you know whenever he called in 2018 he's a a famous rapper in 2018 he called a woman on stage he had her sing a song a white girl this is a black rapper kendrick lamar he had a white girl come on stage less melanin in her skin i think is the is the reason for that yeah and he, he had her sing a song and in that song, there were lyrics that white people aren't supposed to say, and he called her out on it, even though it was his song. And, 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 and since then, I, did, I didn't like that game he played with her. Called a stranger oh, onto yeah. stage and then call him out. Anyway, he has a new song that just came out. It's called Auntie's Diary. And it talks about how his uncle, no, sorry, his aunt is now his uncle and went through transition. And about how that process has changed his perspective on things. And I think it's fascinating. And I was curious if you saw that, if you thought that he was becoming enlightened and realizing the power of words and suggesting that any man can say anything, their tongue is free. Or if he was going the other way, if he was saying, no, you can't say that word, that word, if he's adding a word to the list. I'm having trouble understanding the the song, and I just need someone to talk to about it. But someone's like, get him on the show. I don't think I can get him on the show. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> fine, fine. Rob, we'll, have just, we'll have to ask him. We'll You're the wrong guy to talk talk to about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a little like uh, culturally illiterate of pop, me too. popular culture. Dude, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I Me too. Um, 
did you ever think that you would get a divorce? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I never, didn't. never even in a million years. Um, I thought, I mean, I, I didn't have a great marriage. Um, I'm not going to dwell on it too much in my personal life, but I didn't have a great marriage, but I just believe that there's a ripple effect of problems that come with divorce. Uh-huh. And basically we should try to like figure out what's not making us happy and figure out how to be happy. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, anyway, I'm, I'm going to keep my private life a little private, but I didn't, I didn't plan it. I don't like the idea of it, but I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to find the light in it as well. I do think there's certain times that it is appropriate to do it. But for the most part, I think children benefit from having a family. It was a very weird thing when I was growing up, if you were divorced at my age, maybe at your age, you remember, I didn't know that many people that were divorced and then it became very, very normal. And I think it has a, a ripple effect of problems on culture and kids and abandonment, et cetera, like that. But then again, abusive marriages also, I'm sure, have a bad effect. I think the fact is we're all going to get some trauma in this life and how we how we teach our kids to react to trauma. That's going to help them. And we react how we react to trauma is is what we're going to teach them. So, yeah, is she is she advice on spite, revenge, et cetera. Is she a practitioner? Does she have a practice? Uh, not, no, not like we originally, but I think her thing was not my thing. Her cup of tea was not my tea. So I, I think she had to find her own, her own way. It would be, it would be very, let's get her on the show. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an over practice. Let's get the ratings up here. <laughs> but, but, but I, but a practitioner needs, it helps to have partners. It helps. Yeah, it could be totally it, different practice. They could be playing right. hacky sack, but they but you have to have a practice. Uh, you have to uh, have right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I know people who are different spiritual faiths and yeah. have a successful marriage. It forces you to. It might not be easier, but sometimes it helps you see persons in a deeper way. And I think that's a big part of life. How can I see people in a deeper way than their surface? Even their surface behavior sometimes, and learn to love people that are different than me. That's huge. Huge. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you familiar with the Vipassana? Yes, I am. For those of you who aren't familiar with Vipassana, I'll, I'll just break it down like this. It's a place where you go. It's free. You sit down. You don't make eye contact with anyone or talk for 10 days. Mm. If you make it past 10 days, you could be invited back for 30 they send you home with an envelope. You can send money if you want. You don't have to. It's not denominational. It's for Christians, Satanists, Buddhists, the whole sh- Anyone can go there. And it, it, that, that's a, a little bit of a simplification for it. They don't just set you down and plop you down. But th- th- there's a little bit of structure to it. You could stand up, walk around. There's a guy, uh, forget his name. Inkin- Do you remember Go- the guy's name? Goenka. Goenka. Goenka help, helps you through some of the. The, the common uh, sticking points, I guess they, they require an injection now known as a vaccine to participate mm. in their program. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Interesting. For known contact or talking or you just to, to attend these, to attend their, their, uh, their their locations now. You must have be 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 uh, 
vaccinated. I'm trying to be serious about it. You have to do what Bill Gates says to go to the Boston or not. I'm. As I look. I, I don't see in stillness that. I don't see in stillness that action anywhere. I know that's really abstract. Maybe my ego, ego is twisted into it. Do, do you see that in stillness anywhere? Do you see if, if I told you you had to um, lie down and, 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 and guard all thought and movement, not to stop, but to be aware of all thought and movement, all sensation, as if you were trapped in a room with a king cobra, would, would, would there ever be an action out of you that would say to go get the injection? Can, can you see that in stillness? I just I, – I, I don't see how, how a practitioner of that could, could get moved to do that, let alone enforce it. I, I, I could it. understand our community with people in close contact, uh, quarters could yes, sir. Find, uh, who's trying to maybe not get shut down right. um, could instill that rule. I could, I could see – I could understand that. But that still um, had to come from a thought, right? Like, like I asked you, what thought there's, precedes there's the tattoo? Thing about open, there's also a practical thing about how to open a, uh, a church, a synagogue, a yoga center, et cetera, that there's certain rules that you have to follow if you want to have your doors open. Okay. Do I think, it, do I think it's a necessity to get a uh, vaccine on a spiritual path? No. Do I think it disqualifies a person on a spiritual path? No, I think there's great souls who got vaccines and great souls who are completely anti-vaccines. Um, but, but, in my, I'm not even going to give you my personal opinion about it, but my, my opinion is that you can be a great soul and have, you know, get swept up in the vaccine, uh, in the vac. I agree. You know, and you could be, and you could be a great soul and be like, no, I'm not going to put that into my body. But, but that's the thing. There's, it's, it's not, I'm not going to put that into my body in the, essence of that teaching in that stillness that like when i said what 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 thought precedes getting the tattoo the it's an action that you could watch your mind and see its origins and i'm just wondering what thought I, I don't see a Are thought. Are you talking that, about a practitioner or a person who's running that Vipassana center? The, the, well, shit. <laughs> I, I hope the person who's running it's a practitioner, but but maybe not. I, no, no, I, no, no. I'm saying they. I'm sure they're practitioners of what they're teaching. I don't know enough about the organization yeah. itself. I know. I just use them as an example. Like yeah. It's it ultimately comes from a Vedic teaching of Mona, which means you stop speaking when you stop when you control what's coming out of your mouth. A lot comes up in it from the heart to the mind, and then you're dealing with your mental issues, and uh, and and uh, also it has a lot to do with what we're putting in our ears because what we put in our ears affects the mind and spills out of the mouth. Right, and so it's it's a type of cleanse because we 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 exhaust ourselves by what we speak, and very often, you know, it's interesting. It's like I don't know why if I put a, a match under a piece of paper it lights on fire. I don't know why it does. Can't quite explain it. Somebody could, but I can't. I don't know why if I put that same match under a stone, 
it doesn't light on fire, you know, or if I put it on a piece of metal, the metal over time will turn and have to take on the same qualities of the match. It'll turn, you know, bright red. So I don't know. I don't understand these things, but I do understand that there's sound vibrations that when they come out of the mouth, say vibration of criticism, a vibration of cruelty, a, a vibration of uh, finding fault with other people or gossip. It's something happens to Matthew or Savon when I speak like that, where we feel a little gross, a little dirty, a little soiled, right? Mm. Defiled yeah. uh, from just speaking gossip. We just feel, and there's certain things. If I start to appreciate you, appreciate, there's appreciative sounds that when I hear them, they affect my mind in a positive way. Mm. And the Vedic teaching is there's also transcendental sounds. There's actually mantras that don't have material qualifications, both good or bad. And they affect the consciousness and, 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 and can take this, this jiva or the soul right out of the body. I don't know why all three of them work, but they do, at least in my um, laboratory, which is me trying all three of them yeah. on a regular basis and, and leaning away from the ones that really defile the consciousness. So, mm. um, Sound coming out of your mouth is affecting the consciousness. I understand the principle is behind Goenka and those teachings because they're Vedic principles. Stop speaking. You're causing so much negative ripple effect by what's coming out of your mouth. Um, but the, the next question is, what are the positive things? I think you are going more towards, hey, what has this got to do with vaccines? I don't think it has anything to do with vaccines. I think the guy just tried to, they think they're doing a good thing. They, they have this thing that it really affects you in a deep way. Um, and so they're figuring out how they can keep the doors open. That's my speculation of their organization of how they run it. But I don't know if it's an international thing, if each one is their own private thing. Maybe one has doesn't couldn't care less. Particularly, well, maybe one is in Texas and one is in New York City. You know what I mean? I don't know the politics. All I know is the politics of uh, vaccination destroyed one of my yoga studios I owned and uh, left everybody out of business teaching online. But, um, yeah. you know, there's politics of every state. Wow. That you're going to. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That sucks. Oh, yeah. It was a crazy year. Everybody. Divorce was high. People, anxiety, uh, alcoholism, sex addiction, drug addiction. All these things went through the roof. And we really did some deep psychological damage on, on people. But um, we're going to look back at this as a very peculiar time in history, I think. But anyway, mine isn't – and my contribution, I feel like, in this world isn't to give some political analysis of stuff. But I can teach of, like, uh, my, our, my own self-governance and how that can be, like, useful or problematic and sort of that's what I do. I just sort of teach by my own shortcomings or teach by my own where I think I made a, an appropriate choice. But I don't know. I can't comment on why they did that. Or who did that. I, I can I, teach I, it the benefits of shutting my mouth, like which is what you thought. <laughs> Ten days of shutting my big mouth up. No eye contact. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have two people that listen to our podcast um, that, you know, we do a podcast. We don't use StreamYard like this, but. We got, we're, you know, we're an Apple podcast and all that, but we do do it live on zoom because it's fun because sometimes we have interaction with the audience and wisdom of the sages every morning at five thirty AM. Yeah, actually we're doing it 6 AM New York time now. We okay. change it up sometimes. And it's the study of Vedic philosophy, but sometimes, uh, you know, people come on the show and we get to know them by, by face. 
uh, and um, two of the people met in the Vipassana training. They like ah. they did have eye contact. They broke the rules, <laughs> fell in love, and there you go. <laughs> My, 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 uh, a- after every, uh, Vipassana that my, that, um, that my wife's done, someone will come up to her and, and talk to her about what they witnessed from her. And I always think that's funny too. I'm like, I thought they're Stop not supposed to look at my you. My wife. What? Stop witnessing my wife. Yeah. 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 What are you doing? <laughs> I think you are witnessing my wife. <laughs> um, uh, Raghunath, have you, have you met, um, Michael Singer, the, the author of Living Untethered? No. Do you know that book? don't sorry that's okay i like the name of the book though yeah you got to read this book okay you got to check this book out hey that going back to that kendrick lamar song here's another fascinating thing um in the beginning he takes a soundbite from eckhart tolle which just completely blows me away interesting yeah uh you know what i feel no matter what music scene you're in no matter gender you're in no matter what gender preference you have no matter what race we are Truth is truth. Love is love, right? We hear that a lot. Love is love. And hate is hate. Uh, and so th- those res, I don't care if a person is a Christian or so-called Hindu or Muslim. Truth is truth. If it resonates with your heart, like, yeah, that, that makes deep sense. No one's got a monopoly. No one church has a monopoly on God. That's nonsense. Everyone loves the harmonium. <laughs> the harmonious harmonium. Uh, I, I, I heard, uh, um, I was in, when I went to school at UC Santa Barbara and Ram Dass came there with uh, his homeboy. Who's the guy who plays the, uh, Krishna Das? Is it Krishna Das plays the harmonium? Krishna, Krishna Das. Yeah. And they, and they were, and they were there. I think it was after Ram Dass's stroke. That was a little, that, my buddy's uh, with Krishna Das. He lives up here near me. Oh, you, do you know him? Very well. Do you guys jam? Um, I've hung out with him in India a couple times and he's come. He's a matter of fact, I think he might be coming here next week. Oh my goodness. Tell him yeah. I said, hi. I will. Anyway, that, the, the, the harmonium's awesome. It, that, that was the, that, actually I've seen him twice. I saw him once in San Francisco too. It's, I think I've seen like three concerts in my life, ice cube and Krishna Das twice. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if, if people don't know what we're talking about, harmonium is a very, it's, it's used in sort of Indian classical music. It's a pump piano the size of a, a bread box and um you know it, it's interesting because classic indian these ancient music there's no steps if you're a musician you know there's steps between the uh you know a a sharp b b sharp you know, like that you go you go you're going up a scale there's half steps and whole steps but in indian music it's not like that it's like ah it's like sort of a gong has no steps. You hit a gong, it's bong. So these, and it has a deep cellular effect. But for some reason, this European instrument with a European keyboard, which had legs at one time, you might want to Google that up. You mean like it actually stood up, or you mean like it, it was getting a notoriety? Oh, 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 oh. If you can find one of those on Google Images. It got shipped to India, like in the 1700s or something. You could probably find the origins of it on Wiki. And the legs snapped off, or they broke the legs off, and it somehow got incorporated in, now in, into Indian classical music. Oh, too and, funny. Yeah, it's, it, but it's actually European because it's got those steps. But now, when it's even when it's used, you'll hear the singers sing over the half steps. 
Hey, that's how I drive, by the way. I can't stand I can't stand that driving when people like do it in steps. Driving is flow. Driving's like surfing. <laughs> wow. That is nice with the stand. Oh, wow, I've never seen that. That's got foot pedals. That, yeah. These are all classic ones. These are super cool. Hey, send uh, Raghunath a link to that. I bet you he's $3,000 poor five minutes after the show's over. <laughs> I'll take it. It's in stock. <laughs> yep, I, I kind of can't believe it's only three grand. Crazy. Did you ever, did you ever get into the Castaneda books? Carlos? A little, a little bit about the, a little bit. Super interesting. Super yeah. interesting. Carlos. Yeah. I, I had a. Those were the first. Uh, th- th- those were the f- when I was when I was reading those. I was um, I was in Santa Barbara and I was homeless at the time, and that was when I first started like really seeing some powers of manifestation, or thought. Well, I I, I always you know there's are you manifesting or are you telling the future? It's kind of the same thing, right? Like, are you bringing that stuff to you or are you telling right. the future? So, but right. but it was fun. I really enjoyed those books. They were they were. I mean, I'm kind of glad I got away from them, but man, they were neat. Yeah. I think they were true. Did you, you keep... psych- did, did you get into psychedelics because of it or were you into psychedelics? Is that no, not, not really. I, I mean, I, I, I think I did, I've done LSD like less than a dozen times, probably less than a half dozen times. Um, I, I fucked around with uh, MDMA um, pro- probably like for uh, <laughs> no clue what that is. A month or two. It's <laughs> e- e- uh, ecstasy. Oh. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, ecstasy. It, it, um, it's kind of like, that. yeah. Did you did, did you ever play with drugs? Uh, you know, I did uh, mushrooms once, and I had a very profound spiritual realization from it. Um, and that spiritualization drove me deeper and deeper into my bhakti path. And I brought up the, you know, I had, I had a mentor at the time. And he said something very sanguine and very um, uh, beautiful to me. And I said, um, I said, well, what do you think about mushrooms? Because I took mushrooms and it, you know, I had a very, very deep spiritual experience. As a matter of fact, it's what got me into this ashram in the first place. Because at that moment, I started to realize the temporality of material existence and all my hopes to like redo my apartment or buy furniture or paint the things. It's also petty in the massive extreme zooming out of my existence of my life is so tiny and short. And I, it, it sort of like trampolined me or slingshotted me on my spiritual path. So why are you so, you know, why would you be against the, taking these uh, useful, you know, doctors, so to speak, or, or healing me? And he said, you know, never mistake. <laughs> it was a great, it was a great one liner. He said, don't mistake the flute for the player of the flute. Mm. Oh, so I, thought, I like that. He said, basically, there's some higher source behind the instrument that you're using. And um, if you give all the credit to, because he goes, for example, you could also take those mushrooms and have a horrible trip and people do, or have, have a horrible experience. Um, he said, so there's ultimately, you don't need a external source. They might help you and give you some realization um, but on this path, you're not going to need to go out there. It'll all come from a, your deep connection with source. Uh, but, but by the way, they, yeah. and they're not, and they're, and you can't expect deep spiritual realizations to be sort of like a gum machine where you just put in a cord. Now I want my realization. Now I want my realization. You got to work for it. Mm. Also, you got to put in your time, your devotion, 
How, how do people fall in love in this world? You can't just say, start, love me. You've got to, just like if you're dealing with a beaten dog and those beaten dog, you learn to love those dogs by loving them. And then eventually they develop trust and they start to reveal themselves to you. And you can have a, actually an intimate relationship with someone who's been damaged and we're damaged and we're trying to reclaim a relationship with source and it can't be cheap. You might get a taste for something cheap and it might be like the trailer to the movie, but you're not going to get the full movie. It's not like these great transcendentalists from the past were like, yeah, we need to do tons of psychedelics to understand spirituality. I think they can serve a purpose, but I think they have to be letting go. And, and then we have to take in and take full responsibility for our spiritual life. What do you think about that? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I like I like the way you wrap that. And what do you think about that? I um I think if you want to expedite uh, spirituality, uh, you uh, just lay down and die. If you want to fucking the rocket fuel, if you want the rocket fuel, for, I'm not quite sure about that. Actually, I, I'm a hundred percent positive. All you need to do is lie down, and, uh, and 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 no matter what, even if you have an itch on your head, don't itch it. Fully surrender. Hmm. Take take complete just completely surrender and lie down and die. You have to take a piss or a shit. Do it right there in your pants. Die. Commit <laughs> to the path of death. Do not move. And and and, and th at that point, you also see something else. I don't know if we're going to get into this, but you also see that the the illusion of willpower, and you'll see the illusion of, of freedom of choice. Sure. Yeah. And and, it, and it, that's a fascinating one, but it, um, that's and it's whole, so easy. That's it's a whole it's, thing to unpack. Yeah, it's it's at yeah, your fingertips. Our, our our choices, our karma, puts us in a little bit of a box. And there's a way to enhance more freedom, but we do have a certain karma that we're riding out, and that we have to deal with, and we have to face up with. Because no motion in my life, no activity in my life is within a snow globe. You know, it it it's not doesn't exist on an island. Right. Everything I do has it's gonna it's gonna affect somebody and something else, and it's also gonna affect my future choices. Mm. You know, in in this movie from the from the I think it was from the eighties. There's a movie called Terminator. You're not gonna believe this, but I I've never seen that movie. I, that it that is hard to believe. Movie. That's very, very hard to believe. I'm very very movie illiterate. I'm not proud of it. I'm not showing off. I just. Even today, it's just today is even worse because every time oh, I sit down to watch a movie, I'm asleep in the first four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm serious. Could have been the could have been the deal breaker of our marriage. The last fifty times I've sat down to watch a movie with my wife, we end up. I, she should never give me the remote because we watch twenty trailers and then I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Preview everything. Watch this movie. This is what you're. I did watch. Uh, it was seven years in Tibet recently. Oh, what was the name of it? Because that's one of my questions for you. What was the name of the movie you watched? Seven Years in Tibet. You know, the one with uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Hey, have you seen that? Um, uh, have you seen that movie? It's it. I'm trying to think if it's like a Korean movie, some Asian movie, but it's like it's called like Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall. No. I really don't watch that many movies. Can you try to find that, Susan? You have to see this. You're going to love this. Okay, I've given you two homework assignments. This movie, what was the other thing? There was another homework. Oh, Untethered, un untethered by Michael Singer. Matt, the reason why that stuff, Matt, please. Yes, yes, Matt. I apologize for being so hard to get a hold of.
No, you're not. not what are you talking about? You're easy. You gave us your phone number. Like when we have UFC fighters on, on phone number, I just never respond to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this movie, Terminator, um, he's a robot that comes from another planet. And anytime someone says something, he gets like five choices. So like you say something and then it'll be like, no, yes. What's your name? And oh, this, the, uh, I need to double check that. I need to, yes. Oh no, it's that one. It's that one. Summer, autumn. It's that, uh, it's that one. Sorry. Summer, autumn. Oops. See the one on the left there. This movie, by the way, any, like I, uh, no go. Uh, yes, that's it. Spring, summer. Yes. Yeah, Anyone who sees this, you'll have your brain blown. Oh, is it okay? All winters. Yeah, you absolutely have. You will. You will be so tickled. Uh, in, in in one of the things I uh, podcasts I saw you doing, you talk about the importance of what you put in uh, uh, regarding food, music, visuals. You, I think you will be absolutely tickled by this. God, yeah, this was so good. I have sort of parameters what I put in. So there is this. Um, uh, do you watch UFC? Uh, yeah. Wow. Not regularly, not not regularly, but I, I do. Here's the deal: I'm I, I'm not against fighting. I think fighting has a place in in culture and society. Okay. Um, and, and so, I, I, it, nothing is good or bad. It depends how it's used. And just like dancing is an art, ballet is an art, music's an art, fighting's an art. Uh, what about art. horror films? I, I'm not. I'm. 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 I don't. I'm, I, don't cons- I don't consume them. But do you think that they have a place? I mean, not that I would outlaw them, but man, they, they, they're to me that they're, they're they're like back. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't consume them. But I'm just saying, as far as like fighting, I was speaking in terms of fighting. Um, I get scared in horror movies. I would be, I'm scared still at 50 yeah, years old. It's like true I don't, crime podcast. I don't need to hear that stuff. Ugh. Now it doesn't mean like detectives or people who are in law enforcement shouldn't hear that stuff. But you know, I've had like, like for example, if you're going to be a surgeon, you got to be able to deal with blood. You know, right. yeah. Uh, there's certain people they see blood, they faint, they break their teeth. You know, there's certain people that you know when they uh, there's certain people who are dealing with you know crime. They have to understand the mind of criminals, and they have to take all that stuff in. But they have to be able to stomach all that stuff. They have to have the mind for it. There's certain people that should lead. They're good leaders and meant to lead, and so they have to learn diplomacy, and they have to learn uh, you know how to deal with you know other you know rogue nations or start to note when you're being a rogue nation stuff like that so the dharma of a person who's a politician is going to be different than a dharma of someone who plays the guitar um yeah who's ben Dallas here who's this guy it's good some cool very unexpected way to start the day normally watch for exercise related content but here we are ray has such a profound impact on so many for me since i was a teen almost 40 now who is it? Who is it? Is he famous? Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was the first man to step foot on Mars. No, no, just a listener. I don't know. Who, I don't know. I don't know who he is. Just another handsome lad on the planet. <laughs> we're live. Sorry. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't right. know we were live. Okay. Yes. Um. So in this movie, Terminator, he always has this list of like six things to say. And the famous scene is, is that someone says something to him and you see him going through the list. And one of the options is to say, fuck you asshole. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, the Terminator says, fuck you asshole. And it's this famous moment. <laughs> I didn't know that. And when I explain to people uh, mindfulness, I explain that you are the exact same way, but we are more primitive that we don't see our five choices simultaneously. They pop up one at a time. 
And meditation, one of the elements of meditation, one of the, the aspects of meditation or, or ways to meditate is to see these roll in. And the, the most famous example that I give or most constant example is someone cuts you off and your first choice, which you probably you don't see because you're not a, a meditator, not you personally, you're not a meditator 24 seven, like the great Sevon, you just act on it and flip them off back. Mm. But if you, if you, if you watch the mind, you will see this one come and you'll see the next one come. And the next one is almost identical for me. Always it's to wave at them fascinating the first one is fuck you back the second one is to wave sorry just right. in that order <laughs> and then a third one comes and then a fourth one comes and then a fifth one comes and, and until like a fly on shit your mind travels to something else yep and this is sorry ray to beat a dead horse this is what i'm talking about when i ask who the hell in the vipassana program <laughs> chose at which point to choose, say, get an injection to come to our, our damn, your whole thing is to watch your mind, you jackasses. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. I, I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm like a boy Full with a box there. with like they a might bag not of rocks. Have, they might not have had the, uh, I don't know the situation. They might not have had the opportunity to even open the doors unless they did that. Man, so, I, need a, I need a friend like you who just, just I need a friend like you, Ray. <laughs> Ragunas. Yeah. No, Sorry, I, I just have an itch. I have athlete's foot and I scratch my feet till they bleed sometimes. And, and you just <laughs> see that, right? Like I'm just, I just can't stop. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm frustrated. I, yeah. Okay. Okay. Shake it off. Shake it off. Did you like that Brad Pitt movie you saw? I did. Okay. I did. I'm going to watch it. I mean, it was horrific. It went on in Tibet, but I liked what I I like the glimpse of it and like the story. And I think it was interesting time in history, problematic time in history. My, my, my listeners are um, a lot of the people that uh, in our group, um, we're, we're big on uh, listening to people on how to move, how to take care of your body and what to put in your mouth. But we, okay. do, but what's fascinating is you did say that about movies. And I was curious, you should, I think you should have a movie list or could you tell us some other movies that you think are, are good for, consumption anything pop way, up right away I, I, I hate to let you guys down i'm not a movie guy yeah i'm not a movie either. guy and i'm not a and um yeah and, and i don't know a lot about popular culture oh. um so one movie that sticks out of my head that i really yes. like is um twins danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger it's, your kids could watch it as well it was called uh Kantiki. You ever watch Contiki? No. <laughs> they should see it. It's a great movie. These guys figured out, these Norwegian professors figured out there must have been travel because we found these tikis, these deities in South America that were very similar to um, Indonesia or something like that. And so they figured out, well, no, no one could cross the ocean back then. And um, they found the oldest books on uh, how they built boats in those days. And they found these streams what do they call these gulf streams there it is contiki get the original one get the original one contiki in black and white and it's like it's like a biography it's like it's they might have made a, a dramatized version but they actually it was a it was a documentary of them crossing the ocean everyone thought they were going to die and they did it just like on a balsa wood tree uh, uh they built a boat out of balsa wood and they thought well there's no fish in the middle of the ocean we'll have nothing to eat there's no water to drink. And they just figured this out. 
and they crossed the cross the ocean. And it, it says something about um, told me something about sea exploration and what people were people could do in previous ages when we thought, well, people just you know, no one traveled so much and no one uh, knew how to, you know, read compasses from being aligning the celestial bodies and no one could understand. So it, um, maybe this wasn't the book you were looking for or the movie you were looking for. But no, I am. I'm going to let my, I, I like it. that you said my kids can watch it. I love let it. My kids can watch and you can watch it. It's quite fascinating. Is it black and white or color? I'm seeing two. The original versions. one I saw was black and white. I've never seen the color one. Okay. By the way, I didn't even watch. I didn't even read. I didn't realize that people were listening to this. I just clicked on comments and see all these comments. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to ignore anybody. I apologize for the guy's name in there, Dick Butter. He's a he's a regular <laughs> he's a regular listener. Man, sometimes you get a name. Sometimes you get crazy parents. Just give names out like that. Yeah, just yeah. The old Dick Butter name. It happens. Um, during the pandemic, you uh, you 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 biked a lot. Yeah, I did. I totally forgot that I did, but I did. Yeah, you biked. <laughs> and uh, did you did you listen? Did you use headphones? I did. And, and what were your favorite headphones? Oh God, were they wireless? I think that I had the wireless ones. The ear ear. I'm the little, AirPods. I, I I think that I might have just had the I might have just had the ones that you string on back in the two thousand maybe. Maybe before I got the earpods, earbuds. So you, had, you, used, you used you used you used wired headphones. I, I'm not sure. Is it? Oh, does that have to do with this question? No, well, I'm just <laughs> curious. I, this one, so I, I, heard you, I, I heard you. I heard you on your bike a lot, and then and then I, I got the impression you were listening to stuff while you were riding. I'm like, oh, I wonder what ear. I'm kind of. I I love. I, um, I'm, a, I'm tech zero. Is gonna, I'm going to bore okay. you. I'm, I'm really boring <laughs> in a lot of regards, and I'm okay with that. Do you have EMF here? What is EMF? Okay, I won't even tell you. Never mind. <laughs> There's no reason to spread. There's no reason to spread shit around like that. I, I just I won't tell you. It's a fear spreader. Yeah, I don't want to be EMF. Okay. You talk about. Uh, you mentioned about uh, an another subject that's dear to my heart. About. Um, do you have to go? I, I do sort of have to go today. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm finishing a book and I have to do the read the entire thing from beginning to end because the editors just went through it. Is this your first book? This is well, not really, but it's the first one that's. I had one I just printed years ago. It was printed five thousand copies. It sold out. You can't really find it. What's the um, name of it? It's called In Defense of Reality. And what's um, the second book called? This book, I don't know the name of this one, but it's sort of my life story. Oh, that's it. The, hey, that's a great name for it right there. My life story. No, it's sort of my life story. Sort of my Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so that is good. I'm very open to it. <laughs> oh, Dick, you are a world-class asshole. He wants to know what kind of shampoo you use. How dare you? How dare you? Oh, Dick Butter. Okay, fine. I'll ask him. Uh, Raghunath, what kind of shampoo do you use? Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. No, 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 he doesn't. He, he refuses to answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, they, your honor, the witness is being hostile. Look at him. He's just, he's just been enamored by the, uh, Hey, that guy's name down at the bottom. Will Plummer, Bill Plummer. That's his real name. Okay. That's, that sounds made up as shit too, <laughs> but I know him.
Um, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you, my friend. Um, I, 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 I'm going to put you into Google alerts. Um, when your uh, book comes out, um, Great. I'm going to, uh, harass you. I have your phone number. You can't get away from me. <laughs> I know where you train jujitsu. Um, so, uh, thank you very much for coming on. I loved having you on. I love you. I, I, you, you look like, uh, you look like we could, we look like we could be brothers. Yeah, we could be. We've got that gray silver fox beard. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and we are brothers and we are brothers. Yes. And thank you so much. And if you, if you care, our podcast, we, we do a spiritual study. It's fun because it, we do a lighthearted, but very serious. Like today I went from laughing hysterically to crying, like actual crying out of, out of sadness um, on our podcast this morning. Um, but if you want to check us out anywhere, you get podcasts or YouTube wisdom of the sages, wisdom of the sages every morning, 6am Eastern time. That's that's if you want to join us live on zoom. Um, but otherwise it's, uh, you just get it wherever you get podcasts and you can binge listen. Um, but I think it's important to have podcasts where people can relate to. And I think it's, it's a whole new revolution of edutainment, entertainment, um, and I, I love the fact that we can just do it ourselves instead of waiting to, I want to get a television gig. You know, I love the fact that people are just making podcasts. It's beautiful. It is cool. Except I did see you get invited onto a podcast, uh, that I watched and I felt sorry for you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't do pod too many other people's podcasts. I mean, the guy invited you on it. English was his second language. And I, I think, I, I think I may even saw you get a little irritated. I, I, maybe. I, I, maybe. I could get irritated. I got to learn to be more tolerant. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Anyway, thanks, brothers. Thank you. Peace and love. Thank you so much. It's my newest thing. Instead of ending the podcast and talking to them to kick them off and talk to the. (laughs) I know, but unfortunately I have to go too. Fuck. I know. I got to make it out to Hayward. Uh, what time you got to be there? In uh, about nine. I try to get there before nine, and traffic's just crazy. I leave the same time every day, and sometimes I get out there ten minutes ahead of time, and sometimes I get out there ten minutes late. Mm. It's nuts. The station I'm at right now is all the way on the far side of Hayward from Livermore, though. God, I lack humility. The next. Why do you say that? I just. I'm just a savage. I just. I. I. I'm. I'm. I just. I'm. I'm a savage. <laughs> I, I was driving home some points i wanted to drive home some points yeah i don't I, think he wanted to go there though i or or or, or he couldn't he, he's wonderful i love him I, I wish he was my there's so many guests i wish were my neighbor i had i, I should have asked him what his greatest spiritual moment was meaning when what the most oh, uncertainty God. the deepest he's he's delved into the unknown but there's this I had this experience and, and now my at a young age and my whole life, every question I ask, whether it's to fucking Annie Thor's daughter or to fucking the guy behind the counter is going to lead to me wanting to know, have you seen that? And I just can't get there with anyone. Why not? Cause it, you ha- I have, I have to, I have to, I have to go to that place myself and I kind of have to like get myself in a frenzy and work my way down into that deep, deep, deep spot. And I'm just want to lure people down there and be like, Hey, do you see this? Do you feel yeah, this? 
do you feel like in order to go go that path, you have to feel that connection first? It's almost like you're kind of no, no. I just, ha- I, I just, if they, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's almost like kind of I hang out down there in the bottom of this well, and I'm just shooting up flares or a beacon. And seeing who sees it and comes down. Yeah, like, hey, you want to come see this? Like, do, or, or are you already here? Like, it's, it's dark down there. You can't see. I don't know who's even there or not there. I mean, I could tell that you were trying to lure that conversation to go there a little bit with it, yeah. but I don't. I don't feel that he was. Um, well, maybe he doesn't even know it exists. Period. I'm po- I'm pointing to it. If you don't know that place exists that I'm talking about, then you don't know it exists. Like you can't even fathom it exists. I mean, I'm I'm pretending I know it exists. I don't know. I know. I appreciate. But that. I've heard you talk about. It. I, I feel like I've heard you talk about it enough times to where like I'm like okay, okay. He he's there was a he man he's got some great lines. I, want to, I, I meant to ask uh, him about this one. This is a beautiful line Raghunath has. He says, I'll leave you with this one but, but before we all go. He says that every man has a hole in his heart that's shaped like God, and he spends his whole life trying to fill it. But only one thing can fill it, and it's God. And I thought, wow, that's cool. I like that. That's like a great visual, right? Yeah. Like you put pussy in there and money in there and kids in there, and just like you just keep trying to fill it food. And but it, there's that, only it, one thing. Yeah, there's only one thing that. Um, Interesting. Yes, I do. I do, Mr. Butter. I do pee in the well. I mean, it's kind of the all equalizer, right? Like sometimes we get caught up in social status and like all these different things where we put each other on these different levels. But at the same time, fundamentally, you could go to you know even the the richest people in the world and go to Elon or something like that who has the most social status, and you could say, "Hey, where did we come from, and where are we going, and what are we doing here?" And we all just kind of sit there and stare. Because nobody actually like knows or has has, right. the, uh, has the answer to that question, so it it just puts everybody on an even playing field, right? Even the smartest people we know they can't answer that. Their guess is as good as yours. It's an equalizer. Right. Um, we have someone on tonight that I've done no research for. It's, it's the CrossFit guys, right? Yeah, Rob Forte. And yeah, I'm looking. Oh yeah, yeah. They said they they have something to chat about, so I don't know. I don't think they do. You could just do one of these. All right, gentlemen, welcome to the show. The floor is yours. <laughs> uh, at Shoot. 6 p.m. tonight. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I, I have to take my kids to tennis. I'm going to be late. I'm going to have to maybe adjust that. To we could push tonight. them. Push it back because uh, they're on Australia. So it's I don't know if I've ever spoken with Rob Forte. I, I, I really like both these guys. And man, Jay Crouch was crazy impressive maybe brian will come on this and carry the i hope carry, he does he said that it was a possibility for him carry the uh I, I wonder if i can call brian and ask him um oh maybe I, let me see uh break um brian i'm gonna text him right now you can go if you want sorry i don't mean to drag you through this nonsense <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i do have to run now though okay all right. Are you going to stay on for a minute? Yeah, I'm going to stay on. I'll call you when I get off. Roger. Brian, will you? Bye. <laughs> come on, please, Brian. No, nice to see. Nice to see you, Susan. Thanks for joining me. Oh, will you better. come on tonight with Rob and Jay? Let's see what he says. Oh, it says Brian. It says Brian has notifications silence. And then it asked me, do you want to notify him anyway? Like, 
Like I get to decide that I get to bypass that. Oh, that's good. I'll write that down in my notes. J one Torian. I watched all that shit too. I just can't remember any of that stuff. Um, uh, uh, can you call me now and come on the show for two minutes? Wait, oh, wait, uh, you don't have to. Let's see if Brian will come. Oh, uh, maybe I'll just send him a link right here. Oh, hi. Hi, you're live on the air. Do you just want me to come on the stream, like regularly? Or, ju or just talk to us. Everyone can hear you, all 40 people listening. What do you want to know? I want to know if you're coming on tonight to do, uh, I just finished a show and I'm trying to advertise uh, the show this evening and I'm wondering if uh, you're going to come on with uh, Rob Forte and Jay Crouch. And if I can say, and special guest, Ryan Fred. Uh, I'm intending to. Well, we'll see how I feel. I have a lot to do today. Do you have COVID? No. Okay. I wouldn't be doing anything if I had COVID. That was terrible. I think I have it. Well, you're tougher than me. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to bug you throughout the day and remind you. Sounds good. Okay. You're a good dude. Thank you, Brian. Bye. Okay. Brian's coming on. I'm pretty sure I heard him say it. I, I need, you know what I need to do? I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to be, become friends with the Lauren Khalil so that like, I have like a whole different, like, like if Brian's busy or if she's busy, like I have other people I can just draw from. You know what I mean? Trying to build a friendship with her to use her. Man, did you see all those pieces she did on the morning chalk up? Crazy. Okay. Uh, guys, that was a great show. Love the guest. What a dope dude. Uh, had him for an hour and nine minutes. I feel like that was successful. Um, there's some big time shit to get Brian on with 30 seconds notice. Yeah, thank you. That's a, thank you. That's what you were supposed to see, actually. You want to know who's going to be on this week? Let me tell you, it's crazy. Oh, and we got the Granite Games. You know, I, I, at some point this week, I think for sure I will get Colton Mertens on too, by the way. I just I kind of just have to. I need to. I need to talk to him. It's been too long. Uh, on Wednesday, not to, uh, on Wednesday morning, we have Hunter McIntyre on at 7 a.m. Then in the evening, we have Jack DeLa Maddalena. Do you guys know who that is? If you don't, you need to. He's a UFC fighter. I think he's 11 and 2. He's fighting in the main card on two, UFC 275. I'm so pumped. Then on Thursday, you know that dude, Victor, that you fucking knuckleheads keep sending me his uh, his post from Instagram? He got He's on a team, and he couldn't come on to uh, he, uh, CrossFit Games, wouldn't let him compete. He's coming on. He's going to tell us his story because it's too long. His post is too long. And then maybe after that, you know what I need to do? I need to see if Justin Medeiros wants to come on. Like that should only be like a half hour where we talk about the team that couldn't make it to the games, right? I don't want to dwell on that shit. And then in the evening, we have David Lucas, a comedian from uh, Kill Tony. That's going to be awesome. I actually need to 
confirm that. And Friday doesn't. Oh, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we just go just blast into the Granite Games. And I think that there's one other uh, event in Europe. Uh, not the syndicate. Strength and depth. That's what it is. <sighs> On that note, I'll see you guys this evening. I'm excited to speak to the Aussies. Love you guys. Bye-bye.